Hello everyone, my name is Adam. And I'm Bailey. And welcome to the AB Cinema Podcast, where we talk about the latest movie and TV news, rumors, and releases to keep your eyes on. And also please feel free to reach out to us with any comments, questions, or ideas. Our email is abcinema.pod at gmail.com. So today Bailey and I have gotten together uh, to talk about releases that came out the past weekend. We had uh, two things to stream. We had, in terms of films, we had uh, Turning Red on Disney+. Plus. And we had the sci-fi time travel movie, The Atom Project, on Netflix. And so we're just going to give some brief, spoiler-free reactions and reviews on how we felt watching these films. Um, so, Bailey, which one do you want to talk about first? Um, I think we should talk about The Atom Project first. Okay. Save the best for last. <laughs> Save the best for last. How'd you, well, on that note, how would you feel about The Atom Project? I, I thought it was a fun movie. It was really, it was a great it was just a fun film to see uh, Ryan Reynolds and this new this new kid, um, Walter Scoville. He kind of stole the show as a young Ryan Reynolds. I feel like this kid literally watched YouTube interviews and videos and every Ryan Reynolds movies just to just to know exactly how he acted. Yeah, because I felt like he really did a great job as a younger version of. He did. It yeah. was kind of scary in some parts, <laughs> but it, it was really good. I, I it wasn't the best film I've ever seen. Like in terms of the Sean Le- Le- Levy and Ryan Reynolds projects recently, Free Guy is the better one, um, which is understandable. That was straight to theaters and. I, I think that was the better film out of the these two. I mean, this was a Netflix original, and so it wasn't like there was... I, I, I wasn't expecting it to be, like, cinema quality. Like, the CGI and special effects were great. Yeah, absolutely. But the film itself, it, I, it was missing something, and I don't know what it was. I feel like if I could sum it up in any way for me, it's almost like anything... It's almost like an, if you chose anything else on Netflix to just, like, throw on in the background, this goes in there. Mm-hmm. you can watch it without having to be too committed and it doesn't like require too much from you and in terms of like you know watching a movie and a film it it like checks all the boxes i feel like to some degree there were things missing like the dramatic moments weren't as deep as i'd hoped they were they were you know they they knew exactly what they wanted to go for and if you understood the movie on that terms you'd be like oh you know my heart but i didn't feel like sometimes they earned it as much as they wanted to and the comedy wasn't like the funniest of movies, but it was still pretty good. It's just, it is easy watching. That's yeah. how I'd describe it. I didn't think the sci-fi elements were as necessary because they were trying to get very technical with the script and everything, which mm-hmm. I, I, for a movie like this, like if you were to compare it to Back to the Future, which is a completely- Back to the Future is the better film. It is the better film, yeah. obviously. Uh-huh. It's, in my opinion, a perfect trilogy. Uh-huh. But this movie, it missed the simplicity of those movies um, where we don't need to know every single detail about how time travel works. Yeah. And I, I think that that was what was missing in this. Um, but it was still a fun popcorn flick to just, like you said, watch and not really pay attention. <laughs> yeah i mean yeah you will have to pay attention you know as you're watching the film yeah. but i feel like it like again if you're sitting down you're like oh, i have nothing to do you just throw that on and then you could watch clean your house do other things it's very it's pretty good it's yeah. not like it's not great but again it was all right another cool thing about walter scobell who played the young ryan reynolds in this or adam he this was his first film really yeah he was he wasn't in anything else besides this but 
he did uh, in my opinion he was the best actor in this movie i was gonna i was gonna get around i was gonna say who did you think did pretty did the best yeah i think he did just because of what he was tasked with doing at such a young age he he showed so much range and he he perfected ryan reynolds quality of being quick and quirky with his jokes yeah he's just very snappy with it exactly and i think um going so going on to that is there anybody else who you felt did really well in this film um i loved the interaction between mark ruffalo ryan reynolds and walter Sco- walker scobell walker scobell just their there's their relationship their relationship i won't get into any details or spoilers on it but yeah there were some really touching scenes between the three of them and it was uh it was very touching yeah it, it it got me teary eyed. I won't lie. It was, yeah. it was really, there were some really powerful moments in this movie, but those powerful moments didn't make this movie any better. Yeah. And I think like somebody who's not, somebody who's not in the movie a whole lot or as much as I thought they would be, um, but who I did, thought did super well. Maybe it's cause I haven't seen them in a while. I was really impressed by Jennifer Garner. Yeah. She was really good too. Yeah. And there's another interaction with her and Ryan Reynolds uh, in a bar. And I'll say that was probably that's when I was like, that's that's the one part in the whole movie where I thought, oh, this is so good. Yeah, that's the most that's that's the deepest I felt like on an emotional level for me. I was like, oh, this is so good. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine a scene like that in Back to the Future? No, honestly, I was just <laughs> honestly I thought, man, if this is Back to the Future, she'd be trying to hit on him or something right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it would have. I think it would have height. That that scene in uh, the Back to the Future relationship between. The, I guess we are going to go into a little bit of spoilers. Like she plays the mother of Adam. Uh huh. But this. I think I think it's, that's mentioned throughout the trailer. It so is. it's not a huge and so spoiler. It's not a hu- yeah, it's not a huge spoiler. But seeing their interaction where Ryan Reynolds is in this bar with Jennifer Gardner mm-hmm. was such a touching moment. And Back to the Future was trying to make it a, more comedic. It was. Yeah. It was a comedic film. Yeah. But if I think if they were to redo Back to the Future, which there's been talks of doing, please don't. I, I Hollywood, please, please don't. don't. <laughs> Tom Holland, stay away. <laughs> yeah, bring bring in money for Uncharted and Spider Man. Back to the Future is pretty pretty good That's as good it is. Where it is, yeah, doesn't need a remake. Which, by the way, did you notice? I think there was just an allusion or an homage to Back to the Future when at some point in the movie they stay at this motel and it's called the Pine Motel the Pine Ridge Motel. And I, th- I told my wife, I said, I think that's an allusion to the Lone Pine Mall. Mall. Yeah. Yeah. I did not catch that. That's yeah. really creative. Yeah. I like that. I, I, I said, you know, it's like a little wink to like, oh, well, if you've seen a time travel movie, here's here's another pine, you know? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. That's that's really cool. But um, so I think, is there anything else you wanted to add about this movie? No, I think we covered it. But I, I will say this was a great film for a connection. It, it it didn't seem like it wasn't touted as a a connective film between family. Yeah, but it was a good. I don't. I wouldn't call it even a family film. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a good film for for if if you're looking for a good bonding relationship between a family, this is a good movie for that. Yeah. But other than that. Just watch it in your free time. Yeah, watch it in your free time. Check it out if you'd like to. Um, again, Adam Project is available to stream on Netflix. Uh, it came out on Friday. 
And uh, the other movie that came out on Friday that I, that I think you and I both agree was the better of the two films, even though they're totally different, but uh, Turning Red. Yeah. It was a surprise. I was not expecting it to be as good as it was. Yeah. I I did like the trailer, hearing in sync, and <laughs> <laughs> I think we finished that movie and it wrapped up and I thought, man, there was no in sync in that movie. Yeah. But you know, there was there was the the boy band four town in there. There was. And I was kind of surprised at the animation style of this. I, I wasn't when I saw the trailer, the thing that hooked me was the music. Mm-hmm. But the animation kind of turned me off on the project itself. Uh, but I, I I saw the reviews of the Rotten Tomato score, which is really high. It's in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was I was like, I should probably check this out. It's probably going to be a really good film. Yeah. I was not disappointed at all. <laughs> I, I watched it. I watched the first part in the beginning of the day and the second part later. And I just kind of wanted to keep watching it after we, we had seen the first half. And... The, the animation style it was it was a twist for Pixar because they went into some they leaned into some anime roots exactly that's the thing I was noting most that was the biggest thing for me and I'm not I don't watch anime movies uh, but the the style of the animation was really unique and a good twist on anime yeah because it still it still looked visually like any other Pixar movie, you yeah. know, but those little things they do, the zoom ins, the, the, like the homages, the homages and the way they accentuate certain, um, emotions or reactions that some of the characters have was very like Asian, you know, um, Eastern cultural like influence and especially very anime. Yeah. I, it was a really cute film. I, I loved it. My wife loved it. There were so many callbacks to the early 2000s that made us just laugh so hard. <laughs> and I think something for me that I, you know, very personally, I felt I was, were, how, what what child are you in your family? I'm the middle child. You're the middle child. Do you have an, an older sibling, two older siblings? I, uh, I'm i the middle of three brothers. So. Okay. So I'm the middle. I'm, well, I'm not the middle, but I have two sisters that are older than me. And for some reason, this music was very big in my life, like, you know, boy band, NSYNC, Backstreet Boys, because they love this kind of music. Mm-hmm. And when I was watching this movie, I called both of my sisters and said, I feel like this is like a mixture of your lives growing up. You know, <laughs> I just, I felt very connected to the way this character acted. Um, I felt very connected to the way she, you know, her her love for, for boy bands and her, you know, her pop culture. And it just, it just felt so fun and personal to me on that level. And I also just thought it was so funny. Like, it really was funny. There were several moments where, you know, um, like, you know, the panda is an allusion to, like, going through puberty. And my wife at some point just kept laughing. She's like, oh, my gosh, this is, like, so funny. Like, they're making these many references and, and they're, you know, going this far into the to the metaphor. And it's just, it's so funny to me. It was it made me laugh a lot, too. And my wife and I were talking about it this morning because we put it on for our daughter uh-huh. just to watch and in the background. But, like, hearing the the script for this like just i was i wasn't in the room while it was playing but hearing the dialogue it was just so creative and Mm -hmm. so quirky they respected the culture um of may may's upbringing and and everything about that but i thought it was just a really sweet film and i loved it i can't i want to watch it again today (laughs) Uh i kind of want yeah i kind of i want to revisit it i want to see how i feel about it again but on first viewing and you know what else for me like 
and this is why I think when we talk about the Atom Project and turning red, um, the Atom Project at some point, like, you know, comparison to the last movie that we talked about, the Atom Project, I felt like, you know, didn't really earn the deepness of it, except for maybe that conversation Ryan Reynolds has with Jennifer Garner. Um, but like other things about it, like I felt like it was like, oh, you know that, like I know what they're going for. I get why that's sad, but it's not affecting me in this way. One of the things that I felt like was so good about this movie is they have this really like, I won't, I won't delve into what happens. They have this really emotional moment at, you know, at the climax of the film and it's very personal and it's nothing big and it's not even like there's a whole lot of dialogue. It's more of like understanding a character, but the score was so minimal, but like so right. And for me, music scores really affect me. And I turned to my wife and I was cry- I had tears in my eyes. And I thought, I don't cry a lot during movies, but for some reason that one was so, I just felt like it was so good. The score is beautiful. And um, in case you also didn't know, the boy band group's music for town was written by Billie Eilish and her brother Phineas. Yeah. And that's just fun. And, you know, I I didn't listen to boy band music on the way over here today. I definitely was not blasting Backstreet Boys. <laughs> but um, I just feel like all around it was great. It was a great snapshot of, like, growing up in that time, having that obsession, and just, you know, coming of age, having those growing pains. Yeah, I I really loved it. it uh, there... See, I'm kind. I'm so torn about which one was my favorite because, like, the Autumn Project really hit me hard because it it made me think about my mom. And for those for our listeners, my mom passed away a couple years ago, and um, it just brought back a lot of memories about that. And it um, it it ripped the bandaid off a little bit and yeah. made me more emotional, um, just because of some of the plot devices that they use in it. But I, I think that the connection that the, the these two films are so much alike. Uh huh. It's it's kind of they're weird not. That they're but they're they not, are. But they are. It because it's because they both deal with you know they use these these different how do I say tropes. They use these different um tropes like plot devices, mm-hmm. but they center around the same things. Like you know the Adam Project uses time travel, mm-hmm. and. Turning red uses, you know, this plot device of her turning into a red panda and having it be part of her family's, you know, heritage. Um, but they both talk about, you know, these inner family relationships that we all have growing up. Yeah. Uh, and I will say, like, the Adam Project had a, f- a couple good scenes of touching moments. But like I said, it didn't change anything for the film. Turning red, it changed the film for the better. Yeah. And I think it's because Turning Red was more focused on the family dynamic than The Atom Project was. Because the, the Atom Project was more focused on time travel and what to do with time travel without going too much into spoilers. But this movie was all about family. Yeah. And we saw that, like, even the minimal reactions that May May had with her dad. I, I will say that dad, that was the other point in the yeah. film. Where I was like, there, there are very few, there are very few things pop culture wise where I'm like, I want to be like that person. One of them is the dad from Bluey, yeah. <laughs> that children's <laughs> animated show that I watch from time to time because I think, man, that he's got it figured out, and that dog, and that dog, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, he's, I don't care, he's a great father to those children. Bingo and Bluey are so lucky, and um, and also just you know this father, 
I feel like, you know, you know, I don't know if this is probably not a big spoiler, but you know, in the very early on of the film, there are some reactions and it's very much, you know, how you expect fathers to react. And then there's just that moment in the film. And I think, man, what a, what a guy. Yeah. Like that's what I need to be, you know? It, it's, yeah, I want to talk about it so bad because it's such a touching scene when, when he sees his daughter yeah. and, and sees his daughter being his daughter. Yeah. And it's, it's such a touching scene and I wish that we could talk about it in depth right now, but I, I we can't explain it enough. Like we can't give it the respect it deserves. Yeah. You have to watch this movie. It is one of my favorite Pixar movies, not my favorite, but it's up there uh-huh. and it has a lot of touching moments. The, the mother daughter relationship I'd say, okay. So onward was a brother, brother father relationship movie. And this yeah. was a movie that was released at the very beginning of the pandemic, um, that they switched from theaters to Disney plus, but this movie they were both Pixar films. This movie had so much better. It had way better relationships than that movie. And it it had harder hitting moments than that movie did. And I, I, I feel like this was a great um, analogy to puberty and to family relationships and why family matters. And so, you know, taking these two things that were both released on streaming, is there one that you wished would have gone to theater? This one. This one? Yeah. I th- this one was way more special out of the last three or four Pixar movies that have been released on Disney+. Plus, Which were Onward, Soul, Soul, and Luca. And Luca. And, uh, and then Turning Red. Turning Red should have absolutely been released in theaters. Yeah. There was no reason for Disney to put it on there. It was just a move by Job Bob Chapek to. I, I don't know if he's trying to screw around with Pixar, <laughs> but but it, this movie should have definitely been released in theaters. And Lightyear, if they don't release that one on theaters, then I think they will. They have to. They have to. I feel like that's just. I think what it is is that it's almost like maybe it's affecting the 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 animated Pixar films as well. Mm-hmm. But I'm trying to think because even Onward, I just feel. Let's say we had Soul, we had Luca, and Onward, and now Turning Red, right? Yeah. I feel like the only things that we get in terms of animated in the theaters are like either the princess movies, mm-hmm. or e- or maybe even like the 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 already established franchise, like the Marvel movies, or, or um, what are you talking? Well, about? like for example, like Lightyear. It's the Toy Story. It's it's a Toy a Story spin-off. franchise. It's a spinoff, but you know, kind of. you identify <laughs> with the brand, you know? Yeah. And I think even, I just feel like if it's going to be in theaters, they have to make the scope of it epic, if that they makes do. sense. Like Frozen, Frozen 2. The trailers have made it look very epic, too. Yeah, yeah, but like, not in terms of like just the story that's being told, but just the scope, maybe of the location, you know? Okay. Because this story was very isolated in that, you know, it took place in Toronto, and it was just a young girl, and it was just a family story. Um, but the locations were very small in scope. I think the only one that you could like the only ones that you could argue that were similar to other films would have been like Onward and um and Soul, you know. Yeah. And I just I I wish this one was released in theaters, but I also like you said I I kind of understand why they moved it. I don't think it was a smart move because financially it's kind of ruining Pixar with the last four films being released 
straight to streaming on free. Yeah, and so, like, I don't know why Bob Chapek decided to do this. I understand the last three. Luca probably could have done pretty well in theaters, but yeah, this movie should have definitely been on in theaters, a theatrical only. I mean, looking forward, the only other big release that we have coming out this year from Pixar is is Lightyear. And then there's three other unannounced. But are those this year or are they, are they next year? 2023. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like, yeah. I loved I loved turning red. Um kind of do wish it kind of do wish it was back in theaters, you know. But then again, you know, you know, in the midst of the of the variant and things like that, I guess I understand why they wouldn't do that, you know. Yeah. I I I hope that Pixar goes back to theaters. Yeah. I I'm, I'm sure they will eventually cuz those those films are spectacles. Um everything they've put out is special in its own little way, even if they aren't box office successes. It's still they're still making finance. They're better off being released in theaters and being a flop than being released on Disney Plus and being a success. Yeah, and and the other thing I think is that because um, I feel like I feel like Pixar just is really good at like telling these stories that are that are animated, but they they you know they're for kids and adults alike, and they want to they want them to be taken seriously. Because you know, like I said, I think when we talked about Turning Red earlier, it's like it's like the movie Ginger Snaps, which Ginger Snaps is a horror movie. Where one where these two girls are friends and one of them becomes like a werewolf all of a sudden, and then you know she wants to eat people and all these things and that's like another allegory or a metaphor for for puberty but this is like the Pixar version of it and and it's great and I loved it and you know they they're making these films with topics and, and themes that like you know they want people to watch and listen to and you know it's just kind of a shame like of all the of all the past of the four films that we discussed uh, onward Luca turning red and soul which one do you think you know of all those films which one do you think were the best were the better ones um out of all of luca and soul didn't really stand out to me very much gotcha uh, onward stood out to me because of the time it came out it was right before my mom passed and so it was it was a touching film for me and then turning red uh, also hit those same my those heartstrings again yeah and so those two had more sentimental meaning to me than Luca and Soul. Yeah. And Luca and Soul were fine, but those definitely, I feel like they deserve to be on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. So, I mean, looking forward, hopefully Disney will figure it out and start putting more things onto the, just into theaters. Um, you know, as we, I feel like as we're coming to the end here, is there anything else you want to talk about, about the Adam Project, Turning Red, anything you'd want to say to people listening? No, those were two great films that were released this week tv shows there were also some good stuff but we won't be talking about that in this episode but just keep watching movies and shows this is what we love and this is what we do Mm -hmm. and if you have any questions or comments um please feel free to reach out to us at abcinema.pod at gmail.com have a great day